Hi, this is Kara Kading, and as part of the Milliger family, I'd love to introduce you to our new podcast. Everything we do here at Milliger's is done to enhance the lifestyle of our customers. Our products and services add beauty and enjoyment and just make life a little more rewarding. We are first and foremost growers, and one of the things we do best is to open a world of beauty to people through plants. And plants enrich our lives in so many ways, from cleaning our air to making everyone feel better. And everything else that we do or sell gradually evolved from our wanting people to feel better and enjoy life. Happy New Year to everyone. What an exciting beginning to 2023 and just loving that our podcast continues and we get a chance to educate and connect with you. I'm here today with my mom, one of my favorite uh, guests (laughs) on our podcast. Good morning, mom. And this is such a great category that we're going to be talking about houseplants because this is a time of year things can get a little sad maybe as we're starting to put away our Christmas decorations that excitement and all the lights those kinds of things are coming down and we have these empty spaces and voids in the home what do we do well when I first started at Milliger's I only knew about two houseplants I knew an ivy and like a philodendron and what a, staples all right what a wonderful opportunity we have to explore the plant world in our homes and certainly when the tree comes down and the garlands and all the porch pots and whatever else we have are indoors we start to look for something living something to enjoy some kind of a forerunner of spring so that's what we could be exploring and what Milliger certainly tries to provide things that our customers are going to have success with. Right. Well, especially here in Wisconsin, the winters can be kind of long (laughs) and we don't see a lot of green for a long time. I mean, we don't even have snow on the ground right now. The grass is What color is that? I don't know. It's dingy, whatever it is. It's dingy. There's there's no green, really, to speak of, except for in our greenhouses here at Milliger's. And then the wonderful offerings of houseplants. And it's been exciting to see uh, how much that's expanded as far as the varieties, the offerings, different variations in the leaves. We're looking for unusual. I mean, people have done the ordinary. And, well, in some cases, they are reverting back to things that were popular in the 50s and 60s, only these are varieties that have been improved and are easier for the homeowner to grow. Nobody wants to fail at growing a houseplant. I mean, talk about sad. That is really the worst. And so we're looking at variation in the leaves. Some of them are striped. Some of them are speckled. They're infused with different shades of pinks and reds. It certainly is, you know, a feast for the eyes. And one case in point, I think, where a lot of hybridizing has been done is certainly the Chinese evergreen or the agnonema. That plant I've known, you know, in college, I was taking house plant classes and things like that. I remember agnonema was one of the first ones to learn. Well, kind of a staple. Right. The first thing is generally people want to put a plant in a dark corner to fill a void. And that is almost a recipe for disaster. So if you are kind of a newbie in the houseplant world, I think you want to concentrate on, it's all about light and water. So it's one or the other. Especially if you want a living plant. Right. So (laughs) I mean, you could get, you know, we do have like the artificial floor plants and things like that. But, you know, I look at my daughters, Lily and Sophie, they're both teenagers and they're so excited about houseplants and plants they can put in their room. And again, like you said, they want to fill in these voids, but I don't want them to get frustrated. I want to find something easy for them that they're going to have success with growing and not get frustrated with growing houseplants in their rooms. Right. And so we're looking for varieties that have greater disease resistance, that are 
not so sensitive to low light conditions and things. So I would say if some person is starting out, one of the oldest plants that we have is the Sansevieria. And that's, you know. Is that the mother-in-law's tongue? No, it's a (laughs) mother-in-law. I don't know. Why do we want to create this? Yeah. Yeah, Bad vibe about the mother-in-law. It's also called a snake plant, which is another really negative. Yeah, I know you don't like snakes. Do not. Yeah, don't go there. (laughs) But this is a plant native to West Africa, and like I said, the varieties are really amazing. And it used to be pretty much a very black-green color with a little speckling, but now they have yellow margins on the leaves, but they're really pretty long, narrow, sword-like leaves. And so they don't require a lot of space. They are easily confined to a small area and they can be left pretty much in the same pot for years. And as in all plants, when in doubt, don't water. So this That's is the a, hardest thing. I think that we're so used to our plants outside that in the heat of summer and the wind, sometimes we're watering twice a day. And now we have to make this shift to the houseplants in the home and we just want to love them. Yeah. We just want to <laughs> nurture, <laughs> just give them a little mist. Yeah. They don't need that. You know, okay. this particular plant certainly right. doesn't. So it doesn't need to be misted, doesn't need to be watered more than maybe once every two weeks because a root rot is the most common cause of death. But no one needs to lose this plant, this This is one I will say that we have had great success with and it's in the girl's room and it's a huge floor plant now. I mean, it's getting so tall. I can't believe it, but they've done a great job. We're not watering very often, not requiring, you know, a lot of light. It's doing really well. Well, even scientifically, there are studies that show that it increases your level of concentration, it elevates your mood, people are more creative working in this environment. Yeah, it's amazing what plants can do in the environment, right? Just the benefits of them in the room. Reducing stress, reducing allergies, these are things that we don't even think about, but are certainly a side benefit. I think that's why I feel so amazing every time I walk in the greenhouse, right? You can see it on people's faces. As soon as they walk into the greenhouse, it's just an immediate, ah, right? You're breathing better. You're feeling better. Just like our geranium house, and we call it our wow house, because pretty much everybody says wow when they walk in there. (laughs) I wish we had a little microphone right there. (laughs) They're not expecting it, and that feeling of euphoria that they get when they're surrounded by all that, all growing things, I guess, that are so beautiful. Yes. Same way when I come home and we have a lot of houseplants, it just has accumulated and grown. And of course, working here at Milliger's, it's impossible to not bring a houseplant home just about every week (laughs) because they're so fun and beautiful and the variations. Like you said, you talked about the different types of foliage and even in different categories like that Chinese evergreen where we have new varieties and some of the ones like the philodendron, that's such a great low light category too. Throwback to the past where what we used to call the split leaf philodendron or the Monstera, and there are many varieties within that, but that is a plant that fills a large space that kind of sprawls around and has a huge tropical leaf. And this is something that we're seeing now moving outdoors in the summertime, mm-hmm. fills a great void and is a point of interest in a large container in the shade. Yeah, but, I use that one a lot. I mean, it's so elegant. Right. And there are variations of that, and there are what they call the minima, those little small miniature versions of it that are popular too. So not only could it be in a 14-inch pot, but you might be able to get a four or five-inch pot and nurture that along and enjoy as it progresses from Mm -hmm. child to adolescence and whatever. 
on its journey. And then what about, are there some other plants that we could purchase now as a house plant and be able to bring outdoors in the summer? Well, I think the first one that comes to my mind are the whole family of alocasia. And we have promoted in the greenhouse in the spring, all the alocasias, which are generally a low light plant and they have long arrow type leaves. And most of them have a beautiful pattern in the leaf. They have either light gray or a almost yellow green veining that is just remarkable and those plants now are moving indoors and being enjoyed as a house plant because they're relatively slow growing and they're very tolerant of low light and so we're seeing things like alocasia poly which we sell you know probably a thousand of in the month of may these are things that are being enjoyed indoors because they rarely need transplanting and you certainly can, you know, move it outdoors in the spring. But as a houseplant, it's going to stay relatively small. It's going to top out closer to 16 inches and not outgrow the container. And yet you have this beautiful, exotic foliage that is very large leaves. Some yeah, most, the leaves are most incredible. Of them are at least a foot long. And the other group is the Calathea family, which has always been a low light plant. And are those easy to grow? I feel like I've killed one or two. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you know, it's too much love. Well, it's hard to say because they're supposed to stay short compact and not be overwatered yet not ever dry out completely not be completely ignored but even the names like rattlesnake and peacock they kind of indicate that there's a lot of either spots or stripes going on and beautiful patterns in the leaves. What I have found in our home with our house plants is that the consistency is key. So if we're watering once a week maybe we set the goal for you know Monday mornings And that's the time and they just seem to kind of know. I mean, I think every living creature loves consistency and loves a routine. Mm -hmm. And just instead of wondering when water is going to come. There's no reason why any number of plants, you've probably seen it on Facebook over the holiday season. There are people with their Christmas cactus that's 100 years old that is handed down from generation to generation. And there is something to be said for having a plant with you, kind of like a pet. So it's a consistent and finding the right location, right plant, right place. Right. We just have such an incredible educated staff. I feel like both stores do such a great job of really being able to help guide people in making the best decision. And we have lots of options, except some of the ones you talked about. The two favorites that I've had a lot of success with is the satin pothos. I mean, pothos plants in general are pretty relatively easy to grow. But that satin pothos, when you talk about the uniqueness of the foliage and it's that beautiful gray color with a little green um, kind of freckles, freckles on them. Yeah. Right. Well, I think anything that meanders is, it's relaxing, it's comforting, it's, yeah, and we all have places in the home where, whether it be on a shelf or a spot where we can hang a plant from the ceiling, but that seems to elevate, we have floor plants, and then we have plants that sit on a table, and then we have plants that hang, Mm -hmm. and so anything, any of these ivy types, and certainly in the philodendron family, there are hundreds of options, and the color of the leaf varies. And in general, nothing can impede the growth of it unless it is too much water. True, um, true. Which is a little bit easier than a, a traditional ivy to grow. An ivy needs more light, 
and mm-hmm. better watering pattern. They're not so forgiving as some of the philodendrons. So if you're just starting, I think that yeah, any of the philodendron or the pothos uh, family or any And Hoyas, that is such a big category where people are really developing a whole collection of these. Well, yeah, it's kind of in the middle of a true tropical or foliage type and the succulents, and it has that leathery leaf and pretty much indestructible. They prefer not to be in a full sun situation, but they do flower eventually. And some of them have these twisted leaves. Some of them are tricolor. The Hindu rope plant is certainly in that category. Yeah, they almost look like they could be in the, like in a succulent family, don't they? I mean, just the way that their leaves are and... right. Right. And so kind of fleshy. Um, again, they very rarely outgrow a container. And sometimes people come in and they assume they need to transfer something. You know, winter is really not the time to make that change. In fact, if you're having trouble with a plant, I would suggest that you only change one thing at a time, not transplant it, move it to a different spot and change your watering pattern. I mean, do all of that is just like a culture shock for the plant. So then it's hard for you to know what really was, what was the going issue wrong, too, right. right? If a plant is not looking healthy, what would be your first plan of attack? Well, the first thing that I like to do is to take a look at the roots because this is, you know, the lifeblood of the plant. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much, whatever the light exposure is for the leaves, we got to make sure that the roots are white and healthy. And so if you take a look at that and just tip the plant upside down, slide the pot off and take a look at it, then we determine that if they're all little brown, kind of crispy, dried up, things, then <laughs> That's never you good. realize that this plant yeah. is not growing. <laughs> and so we're going to change our watering pattern. Mm-hmm. A plant that's growing should have these nice white roots that are absorbing the water. And if it has too much water, the kind of the result is the same, too much and not enough because the, the plant either has dried up little roots or they have rotted and then they've dried up. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, it's pretty much the same. So like I said, the general rule of thumb is when in doubt, don't water. And if the roots are okay, then I guess I would change one thing. And the other thing is when you have dropping leaves, which is telltale sign that something is going wrong and the plant is not happy. Sometimes a plant will shed leaves because it cannot support all the foliage because it's not getting enough water, but more often it is dropping the bottom leaves because it's too much water. Too much water, which like you said, happens so easily in the home just because we're used to a much more, I guess, aggressive watering system with our plants outside. Right. Okay. So general care, we've talked a lot. The biggest focus here is water and light, but how do you know when a plant needs food? Well, Plants absorb the most food when they are actively growing. And when we have less light and shorter days and in the wintertime, we don't see as much active growing. So if you are going to cut back on any fertilizer, that would be the time. And then fertilize actively in the spring when the plant is requiring more energy for for growth. It doesn't hurt to fertilize and follow the directions. I mean, they're all different. Some of the ones like the Algo Plus, which which is what we recommend for whether it be orchids or any blooming plant or general foliage, any houseplant situation, that is such a, it's pretty diluted. And so you can probably put 
that it's like 200 parts per million, you could put that in your general watering pattern without yeah. ever accumulating salts. It's organic and it's safe to use. But like I said, generally people are killing things with kindness and <laughs> they may be over fertilizing, but something gentle like that is, is great. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, I love that we start off the year. Milligars, of course, we're always really well known for our workshops and our education and support. And we're always making sure that everyone has the best experience. I think that's why we offer so many opportunities for people to be able to learn. And we are kicking off this season with an amazing houseplant workshop. And it's at both stores, which I think is a nice offering. And it's free. Yeah, and that's one of the wonderful things that we do here at Milligars is that we always have something going on to enhance your lifestyle. Dan and I are really excited because we're going to this tropical plant exposition in January and we are hoping to find so many new plants. And I've read about it ahead of time and looked at some of the nurseries that are, even though Milligers grows, you know, 90% of what we offer in the spring, we are looking to enhance that. The tropicals. And, yeah, and in order to be a place like no <clears throat> other, so that there are more exotic varieties. And So uh, you're saying some new, brand new varieties, maybe that we've never seen before, are going to be debuting this spring? Right. and updated things, like the whole Mandevilla family has really... My under, favorite. Yeah, it's undergone so many changes from what it was even five years ago, in terms of higher disease resistance, more flowers, larger flowers, more color opportunities, like the apricot and the yellow and things that we enjoyed this last year. That new raspberry was a wonderful one in my yard. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we're into January already. And we're all <laughs> thinking of, you know, our first deliveries of all these tro- what, tropicals will be starting in March so, so that exciting. people can joy that color that's coming that we're all anticipating already yes wonderful then our big free workshop is saturday february 4th and you can register on our website it's free but just so we know how many people are attending we have you fill out a google form so we know which store you're going to be at or you can let them know if you're in the store you can just sign up right at the registers you can fill out your name just so we get a good count and we can prepare for you but that really covers everything kind of a hands-on experience where they get to see the plants that get highlighted some of the general main and last time people asked so many questions or you could even bring your plant in depending on the temperature you know if it's mm-hmm. really cold out I wouldn't recommend it but they could bring it in and have the doctor look at it and sure see what they think and at least there is so much exposure to new varieties and other alternatives to maybe what you have been growing and just like the orchid show coming up. That's the, the first weekend in March. Yeah, the orchids in my home are the best thing I have. and They are beautiful. Yeah, they're in full bloom all year long. And I don't think there's anything that brings me as much joy, especially something that is so low maintenance. And most people think, oh, it's so exotic. I don't, I don't right. know if I could do that. Or it's just there are almost a fear of orchids, you know. It's just once a week watering. And if given enough light. They're on the east side of your house. That seems to be a great place. Yeah, they just love that morning sun, and sometimes they don't get any sun, but they get a maximum amount of unimpeded light. Right. Yeah, the phalaenopsis, I think, is, if you're just starting with orchids, I think that's a great way to begin. And like you said, they're much easier than people realize. But we always, at our orchid show, on both days, we offer like an Orchids 101 class where you can come and learn the basics, maybe settle your fears of being able to incorporate one of these beauties in your home. I just think it's incredible. So beginning of February, then, will be our houseplant workshop, Saturday, February 4th. And then our orchid show will be that very first weekend in March on Saturday and Sunday. I love when it ties in with the farmer's market because it's just so much fun. I mean, there's a lot going on and, of course, great for the whole family, fun activities and things like that. 
Yeah, and we certainly offer other plants, just a whole plant exposition in addition to the orchids. True, true. All right, well, hopefully you enjoyed this and you're inspired to be able to bring a couple house plants into your home and brighten up the atmosphere and help with, like you said, all those wonderful side benefits that we get of they are relieving the stress, anxiety, cleaning and purifying the air, helping with focusing. When I come home, I see my plants are pretty much right there when we first come home and it's so soothing. It instantly kind of takes that edge off and it's a wonderful atmosphere. Oh, you know what? And I was thinking, little add on here at the end, sometimes it's really sad when we take down the Christmas lights, right? I mean, it's still going to be pretty dark. We don't have those long day lengths. And I think it's a great idea to maybe incorporate some of our wonderful lights that we offer all year long and you can put them into your house plants. Right. Even the battery lights with a timer, you can just kind of lace them in among the foliage and the battery pack is waterproof. So you don't have to worry about, can I water this? What What's going to happen? It, it goes on every night and then from four to 10, let's say it's wonderful. Right. It's just like a welcome home when you get home. From when work. you come home and the lights are on. Yes. Yeah. And they're just those little fairy lights, I think are so pretty. And they have that wire where you can manipulate and adjust them wherever you want them to be in your plant and their light and gentle enough to not hinder the leaves or put any stress on the plant, but just add that additional beauty to it. Right. And we have, in in terms of the idea of focusing and enhancing your mood, you know, we installed some plants at our church school combination and the reports have been that the kids absolutely love it. The teachers are so excited. I mean, they had a bunch of artificial plants in there and I said, you know, this isn't right. We're all about nature and about even nurturing and taking care of something. But not only that, there's a respect for the plant world and the beauty that it offers as well as the side benefits of enhancing mood and purifying the air and concentration and all of those wonderful side effects. Yeah, that's great. I'm so happy to hear that report because those were just put in a couple months ago. And it's good to hear that the kids have noticed and they're engaged and excited about it too. Right. Okay. Well, again, happy 2023. We look so forward to growing with you in this new year and stay tuned for our podcast. We'll continue and we'll have lots of great new topics coming up as the year continues. Thanks, mom. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest information and happenings here at Milligers. You can find out more details about our events on our website at milligers.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us your suggested topics and questions to me at gardengirl at milligers.com. Thanks again for listening and just keep growing.